Hello, hello, and welcome to The Journey is the Destination. Today, Emma and I are bringing you the last installment of Speak From Your Heart workshop. Today's episode is going to be more practical, so we encourage you to find some friends or partner or anyone that you would like to do this workshop with. Or if you feel like doing it alone, you're also very welcome to. Yes, yeah, we're going to be practicing some conversations, as in real life. We encourage you to find someone who actually speaks nonviolent communication or maybe first pass the first four parts of the workshop to someone and then speak with them or listen mm. with them the fifth one. But in any case, this is gonna be a practice one where we're gonna test our abilities to recognize nonviolent communication and get acquainted with the tips and tricks regarding real life situations. But more than anything, we're just gonna spend some more minutes and hours practicing this language that is nothing else but the practice itself. My biggest wish for you is to have fun doing this and to get more familiar with speaking non-violently on an everyday basis. So with that said, find a beautiful spot, relax and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Alrighty, as we said, today we're gonna be practicing, so to recap as quickly as possible, we're gonna be speaking again about four-part technique that we have already covered in the first installments, which is objectively stating what happened, finding our emotions, our needs, and at the end putting a nice request. So the first game we have planned for you it's gonna also be divided in four different parts, where Christian and I are gonna read some sentences to you, and your role is to recognize if these sentences are in accordance with nonviolent communication or not. So first we're gonna start with observations. We're just gonna read a few examples of observations, and then we're gonna leave, after each sentence, we're gonna leave a five seconds pause. You can also pause the podcast if you feel like you need some more time to decide if this sentence is in accordance with nonviolent communication. And after that, we're gonna check together how we feel about this sentence as well. Cool, so to bring to your mind again what we're looking for when we are stating what happened is to be as objective as possible while still explaining which was the thing that made us feel less than wonderful. So yeah, trying to exclude all the judgments, all the opinions and such animals. Alrighty, let's get, let's get on with the first part, which is observations. The reason why we want observations to be very objective is so the person we're talking to does not receive them as an attack. And yeah, we don't want anyone to go into defense mode. So we want to create a beautiful human connection and we have the best chance to do so if we offer objective sentences that have no ability to create an attack or illusion of attack. So if we use words that are very subjective, like a lot or a little, or good or bad, another person can perceive this as if we're trying to say something mean to them or attack them. 
So we want to stay away from that, and this is the reason why we're really trying to stay objective. Alrighty. The first part, we're looking at observations, and after each sentence, decide where you stand. Cool. So, first sentence. Luke told me I didn't look good in yellow. Beautifully put, Luke. This sentence is very non-violent. Why? Because we're only stating what a person said. So we're using citations to explain what has been said, even though the sentence itself was not very nice, because you look very good in yellow. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the main point is that if you're quoting someone, that's a very safe way to make an objective sentence because you are just objectively quoting what was going on and even if the sentence you are quoting is not non-violent, quoting it makes it like a description of a situation, which is very in accordance with non-violent communication. Okay, example number two. Janice works too much. This example is not in accordance with nonviolent communication because we're using the word too much. And as mentioned before, we want to have an objective language when we're doing an observation. If we say too much, this is our subjective opinion. Because what is too much for me may be too little for you. It's never the same, which makes it subjective. And there is a big chance that a person is gonna take this as an offense. So we don't wanna say someone, oh, Jane is working too much. No, then we are also implying that we know the, the ultimate truth, which we actually don't. So here it's really important to at least try to use as objective language as possible. And instead of saying Janice works too much, we can maybe say Janice works 10 hours more than is in her contract. Cool. Okay, great. So, wait, third example. John was angry with me yesterday for no reason. Okay, this sentence is not particularly nonviolent because, first of all, it says that somebody is angry, well, rather was angry, which might be, but also maybe they didn't, they didn't tell us they were angry, they just said something, which we still don't know what happened, but more than that, we are saying that this happened for no reason, which is a two-part confusion, because, first of all, we don't, we don't know what his reasoning was, so maybe he had a reason, maybe he had a perfectly good reason why he was angry, if he was angry at all. And second of all, in nonviolent communication nothing happens for no reason, so mm. a reason enough to be angry is to have, a mid, uh, to have a need that is not being met, and this is the only reason behind every emotion. So, yeah, you can just say there was no reason. <laughs> Alrighty, next example. Sam didn't ask for my opinion during the meeting. This one might sound as a tricky one, but it actually is in accordance with nonviolent communication because this is exactly what objectively happens. So Sam did not ask for my opinion. Okay, that's it. Next example. My son often doesn't brush his teeth. Alrighty, this one as well is not really non-violent. Why? Because we are saying often. Often is a very elusive term because nobody knows what it means. Because for me, often is three times a week. I washed my teeth three times this week. 
so often. Where maybe for this person's parent, often means something totally else. Mm. Yeah, so we have to be more concrete. Instead of saying often, we should say, okay, my son brushed his teeth five times this week. Cool, cool. Okay, beautiful. Congratulations for completing the first part of this exercise. I'm very happy that you are getting acquainted with some practices and that you're still on this ride with us. So now we're gonna continue with the feelings. Next sentences that we're gonna read, we're gonna look for the feelings inside and if these feelings are put in nonviolent way. So your role here is just to ask yourself, is this, a is this feeling coming from me or from the outside? So is it actually a feeling? And in that way, is it in accordance with nonviolent communication? Okay, first example. I'm sad that you're living. This is a very beautiful example. It's completely in accordance with nonviolent communication. We're stating how we feel, so I'm feeling sad. And the reason behind it, because you're leaving. And this is also objective reason, we're feeling sad and a beautiful example. Okay, example number two. I feel you don't love me. Alright, before saying if this is nonviolent or not, I would maybe just paraphrase what this person is trying to say. Maybe they're, they're trying to say, I think that you don't love me. So you see now, still this still makes sense. That's actually what, what's the meaning behind all of this saying. So if we say I think, then it's not an emotion, then it's a thought. So rather they're saying I feel you something, we should say I feel and then emotion, not a not a mental judgment. Mm. So as you probably guessed by what Christian just told us, this sentence is not nonviolent. So we're actually putting out a diagnosis that this person does not love us, which we don't know. Maybe they told us, but then we can say it as a fact. But like this, we are just guessing and putting diagnosis. And in no way this is a feeling coming from us. A feeling coming from us is something that when you ask who is doing this feeling, you realize that you're doing it. But if I ask who is doing this not loving, well, not me, the other person is doing not loving. So it's not a feeling coming from us. Mm. Alrighty, next example. I feel misunderstood. That's a very tricky one, because in our vocabulary, we're taught that words like misunderstood, misheard, judged, criticized are feelings and they are actually not coming from us. The same example as before, if you ask yourself who is doing the misunderstanding, am I misunderstanding myself or is the other person misunderstanding myself? So if the answer is that the other person is doing this action, this is not a feeling. It's again a diagnosis of a situation. And you don't know if it's true. It might be, and you can ask them, but in no way this is a feeling. Yeah, so rather we could say, for example, I feel sad, because I have a need to be understood. Mm. You see, so now we're just talking about ourselves, even though we are saying the same thing, but just not in, just not applying any judgment whatsoever. Mm. Beautiful. Well, great job. Okay, next example. I feel like hitting you. Okay, again, this sentence is not non-violent for two reasons, because it's promoting violence. <laughs> no, but most of all, it's expressing a strategy how we're gonna 
satisfy our need that is making us feel less than wonderful. Mm. So in this case, we're not feeling amazing and we're thinking how to solve this problem and we say, okay, maybe hitting you will help. So rather than saying, I feel like hitting you, we could say, I think I want to hit you or I want to hit you or I, w- I wish to hit you. But it's not a feeling. Hitting you is absolutely not a feeling. Mm. Yeah, it's our language design in this way. We got confused because we always use this phrase of saying, I feel like you are an idiot or I feel like you should do that. I feel like you don't deserve this or, or I feel like I'm, sh- I'm whatever. And it's even though we say I feel, it's not a feeling. It's our need. Our, it's what we need sometimes. It's what we think sometimes. It's what we want sometimes. But we have to be very careful. And I know a lot of you may say, "Oh, but I actually do feel misunderstood, and I actually do feel like I want to hit you." Yes, you want to hit someone, and you think you are misunderstood, but you don't feel it. That's the difference. Mm. Yeah, because we are trying to promote only our own emotion, thought yes. and inner state. So never are we involving the other person because they are never the reason for our emotions. They are only a trigger, only a beautiful showing that something inside of us is not aligned with life. So, yeah, I want to hit you, but I want to thank you for showing me that I'm angry or that I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Beautiful. Okay. Now we continue with this, the third part, the needs. So we're gonna check some needs. And in this, the following sentences, you're gonna hear most of the time there's gonna be an observation, a feeling and a need. But we're only focusing on the need now. And we want to see if this is a nicely expressed need coming from us and not directed to you, <laughs> to one person specifically, but a nice need. Mm. Alrighty. So, is the need being expressed here? I feel frustrated when you come late. This is a very good beginning of a non-violent sentence, but as you might have already noticed, the need here is missing. I'm saying that I feel frustrated when somebody is coming late. Okay, frustrated is a feeling. The observation is that somebody is late, but where is the need? I don't know what is the need. Yeah, that's exactly what often happens is we say how we feel, we say what happened, but then we just leave the person to guess what's our need or how we want to solve it. So we've come halfway and then just leave the person in the dark. So behind this saying is probably a need like a need for punctuality, a need for respect, a need for justice, whatever it might be, but we just need to express it because if we don't, we're just stuck in this unfinished business, you know? Mm. Beautiful. Okay, next example. I'm sad that you won't be coming for dinner because I was hoping we could spend some time together. Cool, beautifully expressed. I'm hearing the the feeling which is being said, I hear the need to spend some time together with your friends, and that's it. No worries. Amazing. Alrighty, next one. Little things people say sometimes hurt me. Like the first example that we checked today, this one doesn't have need inside as well. So I can, I can hear that little things hurt you, but why? 
what is the reason? So, because there is no need, I cannot connect to this person completely fully. Because I don't understand yet what is going on in him or her. So we still need a need. <laughs> need a need. Next example. I feel frustrated when I see that you didn't clean the bathroom because I have a need for you to clean after yourself. That's a beautiful try, but still this sentence is not non-violent. It's going well, really well, just up to the point where we start to include you in the need. So our needs are never dependent on others. So saying that I have a need for you to clean after yourself can sound like a demand, like a criticism, or maybe a judgment, if we use it in that way. So, rather than this, we can just replace the you by people, or people who I live with, or whatever else, whatever touches our heart, as long as we don't use the word you. Because again, we're talking about ourselves, our needs, so there's no place for you in our needs. Mm. You can help us satisfy them, but you're not there. And I like what you always say. You always say that there is 8 billion people in this world and all of them can satisfy this need. So it doesn't have to be you. It can be anyone. But at this moment you're asking that person. And it's too big of a responsibility if you put everything on one human being. Yes. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Alrighty. Going to the last part, which is a request, which is a asking of someone to do something for us, where we are very happy with the no as well. So only asking someone to help us satisfy our needs. We're looking for a clear, doable request that is easy to understand and do. Mm-hmm. And this is very important. It has to be doable, as you said. So not something airy, cloudy, I want you to love me, stuff like this. Because nobody knows how to do that. First example. I'd like you to tell me one thing that I did that you appreciate. This is a very beautiful request, very clear, very doable. So I would say it's perfectly in accordance with nonviolent communication. We ask someone to tell us one thing that's very specific about what they appreciate about us. Simple. Okay, next example. I would like you to feel more confidence in yourself. Beautiful wish, but I have no idea how to do it. If I knew, I would have done it, first of all, but second of all, what does this mean? How can I put it on my checklist and then check it off? Very, very undoable or not clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe a better way to put this request if we, is if we ask someone like, in a way that say like, I would like you to, to speak and express your opinion in front of other people and not just stay quiet as you usually do. Next one. I'd like you to be honest with me about yesterday's meeting. Okay. What do you want me to be honest about? Yesterday's meeting, of course. But I am honest. What do you want to know? I told you already, to be honest. (laughs) So, as you can see from this example, it's a very nice question, really nice request. But it's a little bit not specific enough. I don't really know what is asked from me. I feel like I'm honest about this meeting, but in in this way, it's actually like to the person that's asking me something. I'm not sure what he's actually wanting. Is there detail he or she wants to hear? Is there something special that they want me to be honest about? So it's not specific enough for us to understand it fully. 
Okay, next example. I would like you to prepare supper more often. Amazing request that is not non-violent, because again we come back to the word often, which for me can signify once more a year, or for you it can mean three times a week more than you do now. So again, specificity is gonna help you express yourself and be more clear to others. So you're giving others opportunity to actually hear what you were thinking. Mm, beautiful. For the last one, here we go. I would like you to show respect for my privacy. Again, a beautiful request, but not specific enough. A person that received this request can never be sure what this actually means. What does it mean to respect someone's privacy? I can imagine, and I can imagine what does it mean for me, but maybe for you it's different. So this question, this request, would be much better put in a different way. For example, if I say, I would like you to knock on the door before you come to the room where I am. Or I would like you to not come in the bathroom where I'm, when I'm using it. This is very specific request of how you can actually satisfy my need for privacy. So we need to be this specific for the person to fully understand us, because this gives us a better chance that our needs are going to be satisfied. Cool! Good job, everyone! Beautiful! Congratulations! Alright, so now you see that with these little examples from everyday life, we get caught up in our language of violence pretty fast. It's super easy to do it. So, yeah, congratulations on doing this, uh, having the courage to take, it, take the time to do the work to go one step further and now we invite you into a dialogue with another person so going to the next step again it's gonna take a couple of minutes to do the exercise but it's only worth it nothing less mm. for me this is the funnest thing possible i always have so much just pure fun and laughing and enjoying doing this it's it's like improv theater for me. So what we ask for you is if you feel comfortable with doing the exercise with a partner, with a friend, with whoever, or if you don't, you can also do it in your head, head and you play two different roles. Whatever feels more comfortable with you, for you. Now we're gonna read 10 examples for you and you can choose to do one or 10, whatever feels good. Uh, we're gonna read them quick and you can just click pause on your podcast and do the exercise and then return to the for the next example. So here's how it goes. In every example, one of you is the person who is receiving the instruction. The other one is a support one. So just the other part of the conversation. And always one of you is gonna be speaking violently and the other one non-violently. If you're the person who speaks non-violently, your job is to express yourself in non-violent way using the four-step technique. So saying the observation objectively, going on to your feelings, your needs, and at the end putting a request. If you are receiving violent words non-violently, you are, coming from episode 3, receiving empathically in a way of asking questions, not how are you feeling, what are you needing, but rather more specifically guessing the need. So are you feeling angry, are you feeling disgusted, afraid, or are you needing some space, are you needing some time, do you need whatever it is, and play along. The other person who speaks violently 
don't be too violent, play along, uh, be a bit contradictive, but try to simulate real life. So yes, you go a couple of circles, but at the end you come, you come to a conclusion. So when you speak violently, just try to be as normal as possible. So in in our everyday speak, we speak very violently. So just stay in normality. Don't <laughs> don't bother with nonviolence. And that's it. Have fun uh, conversating. Mm. Yes, to recap, always one is speaking violently and one is not speaking violently, that's all. And try to not make it into a super long conversation. Let's stay between a minute or three minutes or even five if you want to make it longer. But it's easy to get caught up and make like a long, long story. So maybe it's the best if you just put an alarm clock for three minutes or something. It's gonna be the easiest for you. But otherwise, yeah, just have fun, fall into your role, enjoy it. And don't worry, whatever you say, don't worry about it. I know sometimes it's very hard and sometimes it sounds stupid or whatever, you may perceive it because we're not used to it. But this is exactly the reason why we're doing this. We want to be comfortable enough that maybe once, maybe once in real life when this happens, we know how to react. We have already done it before, so we feel a little bit more comfortable doing it. Mm. So yeah, have fun. Alrighty. For beginning, let's just do a little demo. Okay, so I'm gonna read an example for us. This is gonna be speaking non-violently one, and it goes like this. Your roommate speaks to his family back home three times per week on average. It's really bothering you because you feel he's screaming and you're having a hard time concentrating because he's doing it in a common space. Hey mate, the last three times when you were talking with your family and you were using the speaker, I was feeling really irritated and angry because I was needing some space, some quiet time and I really couldn't get it. So I would just ask you if you could maybe use your earphones or use the living room when you talk to your family and I'm trying to concentrate and I'm occupying the same space as we are now. Well, I was not even that loud. I mean, for sure, for sure, I can do it, no problem, but I don't think I was that loud at all. Yes, I see, I didn't make myself clear enough. I'm not saying that you are loud, it's just whenever you speak, I'm having a hard time concentrating because I need some space. And I'm just asking you if you would help me out with this, with this need of mine to need some peace and quiet when I'm trying to concentrate. Mm. Would you be willing to work with me on this? I would really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. Just don't complicate. Look, just say to me, look, can you just go talk in the other room? No complication, like easy life. Just say to me normal. No complication. Beautiful, thank you for being so understandable, but just before leaving, I want to check what is normal for you. So you mean whenever this is happening, I can just speak to you with even interrupting you? Yes, just ask me, like when I'm talking, just say, hey bro, can you just go to the other room? I'm trying to sleep or I'm trying to concentrate and do my work here. Beautiful, thank you for reassurance. I will have no problem asking you. Yeah, for sure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love playing roles. No, so... <laughs> It might go like this in real life, it might not, but... It feels a little bit uncomfortable doing it sometimes. Some examples are a little weird because you don't know how to react. Especially, as you see, as you saw here, Christian was speaking non-violently and me as a receiver, I was speaking more violently. And I know sometimes this is not a natural way that you speak and it's hard to do it. But just don't worry, just have fun in it, with it, go for it, and don't worry. It's not real life, it's just practice and having fun. Okay, so sit down, enjoy the ride, and let's go for our examples. Go for it. Okay, 
So my first one for you is speak non-violently. Your partner is not speaking to you at the moment because you non-violently express to him how you feel. After you express yourself, he left the house and he is not answering your calls. So you talk with a friend. Another example. Speak violently. You are becoming independent but still live at home. Tell your mom she's not giving you space and you want to move out. Mm. Quick tip, whoever is receiving this, focus on needs, feelings. Guess, 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 guess. No worries. Yeah, always needs and feelings. Cool. Next example. Speak non-violently again. So, your friend told your very personal things, even secrets, secrets to lots of people. You feel betrayed and you are worried what people think of you. Just a quick tip here as well. Betrayed is not a real feeling in nonviolent communication because somebody else is doing this. It's not coming from you. So I use this example to describe the situation, but when you translate it to nonviolent, be sure to not use this as a feeling. Cool. Speak nonviolently. You play amateur professional indoor football. After the match, tell your mate you think he was playing very violently and dangerously and spoke vulgarly. Beautiful. Next example. Speak violently. You're super jealous on your partner's friend because they're spending lots of time together at work and they laugh a lot together. Your partner is telling you it's nothing, but you're still worried. So you talk to your friend. Cool. Quick tip. Don't psychoanalyze. Ask questions. Speak non-violently. Your parents are getting older and your only sibling refuses to take them anywhere. The hospital, trips... It makes you sad to see them not give love to your parents. Seventh example. Speak violently. Your partner didn't clean the kitchen. Again. And of course the bathroom is dirty as well. As usual. You're so angry and you have enough of it. So you talk to him, her. Next one. Speak non-violently. You're writing a paper and your mentor never responds quicker than in three days. Tell them you need support and guidance and some sense of care. Speak non-violently. Your child is very sick and you feel like the doctors are treating him her badly and they are not taking the time to explain what are they doing to her him. You're pissed off. So you talk to the doctors. For the last one, the person who is on the other side, you are a non-violent boss, which is a rarity in this world, but you got it. Speak violently. Your boss gives more importance and value to your colleagues' words than yours. At least that's what you think. Tell your boss you think you're not being treated fairly and as an important human. So again, boss receive non-violently. Mm. Well, luck. great. I hope you had a great fun. I hope you also learned a little bit from it. And that you're ready for the real world, which is not so much fun in games. It's just games. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's incredible. Look, now you have the whole world to practice. Whatever you do, wherever you go, there are situations that you can practice and have fun, but also learn with it. Yeah. Everything is just another paper that starts with speak non-violently. Exactly. <laughs> and the truth is, you can also create such a beautiful human connections and understandings that it's really worth, worth the time and feeling uncomfortable for a little bit. Yeah, so at this point we would like, we would like to congratulate you that you've come to the end of this five-part workshop that you invested some time in your learning, in your communication, your relationships, and that you are honoring the life that is inside of each one of us. So thank you and good luck in the real world. Mm. 
Yes, thank you from my side as well. Thank you for being with us. I wish you all the best and I wish you to really have fun learning this and my deep wish for you is to for this to help you at least in one relationship of your life, at least in one part. But I know it has potential to change everything. So good luck and enjoy. If you think that you learned a lot and a lot of valuable lessons, please share this episode or just the whole series with someone you know or someone you would really recommend this to. The whole goal of Center for Nonviolent Communication is to spread this knowledge. So if you can be a beacon of light in somebody's darkness, that would be everything that we are striving for. It would make us super happy mm. if we reached as many ears as possible with this podcast this episode this workshop so thank you thank you so much for sharing for spreading the word and being the part of this beautiful chain that's making the world at peace and at this point i would also like to offer a real workshop maybe on zoom or even in in person it can be individual or in groups it can be beginner beginners one or advanced one so if you ever feel like you want to do a workshop with us please don't hesitate in contacting us we love it and um, we're always super keen to do something like this yeah it would be a real honor to do a workshop with any of you well thank you for being with us lots of love to everyone good luck and best of all to you bye bye ciao